What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast, recapping the loss that was this past Saturday night to the top-ranked Drake Bulldogs, ending our six-game winning streak. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, you didn't go to this. I did. You definitely caught up with it. You streamed it. You saw the same things. You told me you also looked back on it and watched a little bit of it. Um it was one that we said at the end and we've been kind of saying since then of like, that is a game that officially now shows the disparity of who is at the top and who is below the others. It seems like the Sycamores and the Bulldogs are near the top. And also you could factor in a team that we're going to see tomorrow night. And again, this tough stretch, probably the toughest of the season. It doesn't get any easier. What's going on. Yeah, obviously, uh, a long weekend being going out to Lawrence, Kansas and watching Kansas, Oklahoma. That was a pretty good ball game. Uh, never, never, never a bad time watching Porter Moser lose in person one more time. So um, it was a good trip out there. Then, yeah, I mean, obviously streaming it on the way back home, just watching it and uh, getting frustrated. But like you said, it just, it's starting to show this league that it's, there's, different levels and different tiers of the league. And I would probably, like you just mentioned, probably put the team we see tomorrow night and we'll preview later on close, maybe throw them in that tier the way they're starting to play after they got a a certain player back from injury. But definitely, I mean, I think it's the stat is against Drake and Indiana state, the first two matchups, we got a combined beaten by a combined 50 points. So that just shows you the disparity of, where we want to be and where we're at right now. And that's just, it's been this, especially against Drake, we get primetime TV games and they just embarrass us every time. So it's been that way under this staff for ever since they've got here. Well, again, factoring in also like thinking, you know, of course Drake's ended our season and arch madness, however many of the last couple of years, always tough. I mean, we can go ahead and chalk up a loss at their place. I mean, we don't have success there anyway, as you said, the big games, I mean, when we played at their place last year for the, you know, f- to try to sweep them and they were trying to, you know, even the season, season series, they smoked us there too. It's like, yeah, whenever the national attention gets to it, it doesn't go our way. And, you know, I think even with Bradley, who we play tomorrow, it'll be the battle of who is that third best team. And depending upon how, the margin of the losing team is they're right there. I think in the four and the five range too, because there are some teams that have showed good stuff. And of course, you know, you have to beat top half teams to really show what you're, what you're about and where you truly are. And even Bradley, you know, going through their wins. I mean, they're none of their wins are against high, you know, level teams too. So we're honestly, you know, the, you know, they, they lost to Indiana state early in the season. We'll dive into it all, but just knowing how, uh, you know, we're the first like other team they've seen in a while. So it's kind of a matchup of that. But again, it's the disparity is there with Indiana State and Drake. And we know Drake beat them. So now Drake seemed like top of the top and a lot of different things. Again, tomorrow night's battle might show the battle of the third and four and fifth in the league. But there are definitely tiers to it. So we'll dive into this game. We'll talk about Bradley at the end. We'll talk about some other things in between the usual stuff. So. I mean, no end of this game when we got beat by 18 points. It got up, of course, you know, it was not the best second half. But the name of it all just shows the what the dogs didn't do right. They didn't adjust to. They didn't change. And that is the backdoor cut. As basketball fans, as people that play basketball, 
the backdoor cut's been a thing for way longer than we were even thought about. And it's been in the sport forever. And you know how to shut it down. Again, the dogs couldn't do it. It was Dono Brody, top of the key. You know, people rolling off him for screens. As soon as he got it, it was backdoor city with everybody. And constant, constant, constant. And you would think after the, you know, the third time doing it in the first half, you'd think they'd get the just up. And it didn't happen every single time. And I was just going to factor in or mention Seems like 70% of Drake's offense is backdoor cuts. That's how they do it with Brody. They could do it with him. They could do it with Ferguson, who came in. They could do it with anybody. And then the other 30% is, okay, if this breaks down, somebody's going to have the isolation. Usually it's the best player in the league, and Tucker DeVries, who had 34 points. Or it's Atten Wright, who honestly, um, you know, I just remember texting you. It's like saying, I don't think anybody on Drake blows us, you know, blow, blew me away. Like, before they totally, you know, broke out and beat us and had the large margin, um, you know, it's just not how they looked in previous years and, you know, the kind of things that they could do to beat you and what scared you. But, of course, this team has a little bit more of the scoring in them. Atten Wright was impressive. Kevin Overton was, of course, impressive. And they had some other things as well. And, of course, Tucker again. Mado, if we were to dive into Drake first and what you look back on or when you were watching in the moment – about what they did that you liked and what clearly made it hard on us leading, you know, of course, with the player of the year and that backdoor cut that we just couldn't seem to stop. Yeah. After watching it yesterday, I counted 12 times where they beat us back door and got points out of it. That's not counting other times they beat us back door and they uh, didn't get points. So uh, that's just unacceptable. This overplaying defense, which that's what, Mullins and this crew does we want to play aggressive three-point defense because they got some shooters on their team so we just I mean looking at the box score I don't know how Darnell Brony only had four assists it felt like he was going to assist every time down the floor but um done a really nice job I was really impressed with their two freshmen Overton and Garland just came in and uh, they don't look like freshmen that's why they're at a program like Drake and it shows you why DeVries and his staff are doing what they're doing and obviously yeah t- I mean Tucker it took some very very bad, bad shots, almost heat check moments. I felt like at some times, but he's very, very good. And he, he gets what he wants. I thought if you limited everybody else and we could be all right in this game, but our team just didn't show up. And then yeah, at and right. I mean, didn't impress me, like you said, entirely much, but he just, he scored at different times of the game and just then Enright just hounding X wherever he went and Garland done nice job coming in and defending X as well. I even got um, double text between Garland and X at one point in the game. But, yeah, just really impressed. I mean, they scored f- – outscored us by 20 in the points in the paint. And they just – I mean, shooting 56% from the field. Uh, they shot 31% from three. And they were poor from the free throw line. But other than that, they still beat you by the margin they did. That just shows you um, defensively is what we preach. And they just – we could not stop them. Yeah, and even some things that Darren said after the game was how good their defense was and getting stops that led to their transition, which he said they're really good at and that they are. You know, just speaking of Enright, you said he was hounding on defense, but he was also getting breakaways and finding layups. He was thriving off the back door or even, you know, he was getting uh, bailed out with some foul calls. That's kind of how it was with Tucker at the start of the game a little bit. Uh, You know, he shot three free throws at one point, got fouled on a three, and – 
of course, you know, a guy like that gets the calls, like how we've seen kind of X get calls over the course of his great season too. And, uh, you know, again, it, I agree that even, you know, Atten Wrightwood, he wouldn't, we know him as a, you know, he's of course a scorer, he's a shooter though, but he would get, you know, he would find layups. He would find, you know, his own, you know, by himself doing it on his own or floaters or something. And as you said, you know, they shot a lot, you know, well, they shot 56% overall from the game. You said 31 from three at 13% from three in the first half, shooting the same amount as they did the second. They're of course four of eight in the second half. Overton's a really good spot-up shooter. He gets to his spots. They had good ball movement. I mean, of course, we're just talking mostly about Drake at the start of this, as we should, because they beat us so bad. I mean, we had moments at the start of the game. You know, X was hitting a couple shots, you know, and just but not a whole lot else came from anything, as we know. We only had two guys in double figures. Uh, Brody manned the paint, though, as you said, the 20-point the difference in the paint – couldn't get anything to fall in there. We'd get it stripped or it would just be a clear miss. But overall, just on our end as well, shooting, we just couldn't hit open shots. I mean, Trent had great three looks. You know, X wouldn't hit his usual per se or anybody missing a three or missing anything close to the rim. It was kind of just one of those games. And, again, it was close until it wasn't. And, you know, we shot 36% from the field and – Three of 15 from three in the second half. Maybe those were chucks to get back in the game per se. But, you know, we continue to shoot good from the free throw line, 13 of 17. They were nine of 16. They missed a couple. I mean, they left a lot to be desired. Drake did too. And we just couldn't take advantage of it all. And, again, when you have a guy like Tucker, which, as you said, heat checks and even some other things, some things there's just nothing you can do. They showed highlights of it. And it's like, you know, AJ guarded him well. And as we predicted and said on the pre-show that Troy would guard Tucker – on that end, Overton guarded Troy on the other end. Uh, but, you know, Tucker would, again, get the foul calls at the start, shoot free throws, but he'd also just hit step backs again. There's nothing you can do, and that is what it is. And, you know, X couldn't match him at certain points and stuff like that, but they were just getting what they wanted at well, and our defense faltered. We couldn't get shots to fall. No, anything else stuck out to you? Even looking at the box score, what stuck out to you? I mean, Troy probably had a career high in three-point shot in three point attempts, he made a couple, but he also shot a couple that still were not uh, you know, what we would want as a team. Other than that, though, not a whole lot stuck out on this one. Yeah, just ugly. Another ugly performance by Troy. I mean, three of 10, two of eight from three. That's uh, Some of his threes are just starting to get unacceptable and to the point where he's in Lance Jones territory. Some of the shots he's taking are just very poor, and, and, and you might as well – start chalking some of those up as turnovers in our book because those bad shots are awful leading to bad possessions. And yeah, I mean, we shot poorly um, just overall. I think watching it back, I think really besides a couple of those Trent threes, two plays were ran for him and you can't, you got to run plays for a guy like that. You saw what happened when you ran stuff for him at Illinois state, getting him in rhythm Um he, I mean, ended up 0 for 4. A couple of those were, once again, at the end of the shot clock, that somebody feeds it to him. So he's got to try to shoot off the dribble, and that's just not his style of game. We just – I mean, it, it kind of shows you, if you look at Drake there, I mean, you have guys with Wright, Overton, Garland, they and Tucker all can score off their own bounds. We have one guy and AJ starting to develop a little bit more and can do that a little bit more, but everybody else on the team – they're not doing it. I mean, I think Trey Miller is one of those guys, but where where's he at? I don't understand why you can't play him to give X or Trent some – I mean, once again, X 38, Trent 40. This, you, 
they're not going to last throughout the next how many ever games are left in conference season if you can do that. They need to play. Then Yovan, I mean, he's I think he's now one for ten in conference play, and that one three hit was when you got blown out in Indiana State in the first conference game of the year. So I don't know how you can continue to him. Then I think Kennard's almost hit like a freshman wall. He just still doesn't look ready, not for this kind of competition. Doesn't even compare to what those freshmen, their freshmen came in and were ready, and they can do what they want. So, Kennard, those three guys off the bench, and outside of your two backup bigs, Hensley and Mabube, our bench is short. I mean, Trey's not getting the opportunities. The other two just are in a kind of the mud and stuck a little bit and need to get going. If this team, when it does do anything, then, yeah, I mean, I mean, two of your starters just have to start playing better because they're playing piss poor right now. Clarence and Troy, they've been awful lately, and they just have to get something going. I mean, Troy, if you're getting eight, three attempts a game, you got to at least hit half of them because we need big shots to be made. X can't make them all. Yeah, and I feel like Troy's, again, the kind of player that he shouldn't have to be a leading scorer on this team. That's what is so valuable about him, and his best trade is his, his versatility and you know, hit open threes. You don't need to force them, whether it's early in the shot clock or just throughout. And, again, maybe it, it comes to that point because we know how stagnant our half-court offense can still be and the same plays we continue to run, that maybe it's just like, hey, no one else will shoot, at least I will. And I guess in that grand point, it's like, well, at least someone's willing to do that compared to I can't, I don't want to shoot because I'll get taken out or something like that. And we've had these conversations with others just recently about – something that the whole fan base is seeing and we're speak all speaking the same sentiments. And, you know, if it's not going to be X, who, who doesn't take that show? You mentioned AJ is starting to grow into that and no doubt he is They're They're running specific things at times off a couple of screens to get AJ on a curl and then for him to go, you know, downhill to the rim. And he wasn't getting those exact looks. I mean, you could even just tell when Brody was down there, Again, nothing was happening. It was Clarence trying to back him down wasn't happening. It was a brick wall. He is just a massive dude that changes the scope of the game. And just that aspect right there. Um, I just don't, as you said, with some of those other guys that either aren't playing a lot or aren't contributing. And we would have never thought that, you know, through the start of the year, of course, when you didn't have Jared and around the time AJ got hurt that, there's no way you would almost think that Yovam would have to almost be where he just can't play. And again, there are stretches where he can rebound, but he's not hitting shots, which is what he needs to do for us. He needs to be one of our leading scorers, and he's not showing that. You said one of ten in conference is honestly unbelievable. We're we're in this uh, you know league fantasy league, and we uh, for the NBC, and we had to drop him. We had him for a while, but had to drop him. You know, this was a perfect Scotty game against Brody, but it's just, you know, it's not easy for a guy like Scotty who is actually playing a guy who outweighs him and, you know, physically is there with him. And and then you mentioned Kennard. I just think as soon as AJ got – which AJ being back is the best thing for this team, one of the best things for this team, and it's been shown, but it just shows that Kennard, you know, it's in his head that, you know, if I was I was starting, I was doing great things, and then now here comes AJ again, and he's taking my minutes. We're at the same position. Uh, we know Kennard is going to continue to play, but you know he's you know having some shots that aren't going down, and he's back to where in some points he's he's passing the ball as soon as he gets it, doesn't want to do a whole lot. He's looking to drive and you know jab step and do something, but it's immediate pass, 
And as you said, against this kind of opponents, whenever against Oklahoma State players, he was he was on top of the world. He was playing as confident as as you could dream of a freshman doing. And over ten and Garland kind of just fit exactly what Drake wants to do, you know, for all of that. And we said, well, a four star and Kevin Overton's going to Drake because they were just in the tournament. They have that kind of success that you know factors into getting a, a guy like that and. Just going back to Tucker, just think about kudos to Darren DeVries for not only who was an awesome player in his own rights when he played, but just grooming his his son to being just unbelievable. And you just pray to get those kind of players in your in your program. And luckily we've had we had players for four years that could do that. And we have X doing our thing. So again, you need star players in this league to win. But again, going back to the guys who I mean, listen to our starting five plus minus. This is the first time this has happened all year. Minus twelve. Minus 16, minus 19, minus 18, and minus 18. The high, the best plus minus on the team was Trey Miller, and his and his two minutes had a plus one, which I guess the sample size isn't there, and the Jarrett had a zero in 11 minutes, rebounded and scored five points. But again, it's the depth is starting to hit us a little bit if you're not going to use them in certain moments. Uh, and, of course, we're looking to – these same 10 guys are going to keep playing. It's just – it's going to be at weird times, and it's going to be kind of that, you know, sporadicness – we though again we don't like to see so again it's it's one of those games where again the disparity of who's who but if you shut down the back door in this in this game you keep it within 10 the whole game and at points when we clawed back and had a small run x would have a huge turnover and again it's crucial and you live with it because it's who he is but they're uncharacteristic and they're unnecessary turnaround I'm going to do a 180 throw around to the back of the, you know, the top of the key again, and it gets picked off. It's like, those are killer. So again, it was an ugly game. Nothing else stuck out in this game. Uh, you know, X not getting to his average again. He's still second in the, in the, in the whole uh, nation in scoring, but he's a whole two points behind. I think now, you know, whether of course that even matters to this point, we just want to get wins and no, of course that just did not happen in this game. Your final thoughts on this game. Yeah, just an, another game where obviously uh, everybody is not blind to it, but I think another another game where this coach clearly gets coached in circles around. I mean, I mean, obviously DeVries is maybe maybe his last year there, but it's pretty clear that the lack of adjustments and rotations and all that, and the offense and philosophy of this coaching staff is pretty gets gets shown when they play some of the elite coaches and you have to play another one tomorrow night. So it's, it's just, obviously we got good looks. I thought for the most part, besides a couple threes that we don't need to take. I mean, we got good looks. You just got to hit open shots. I mean, the joke is that I say is if this team would hit 40% of their open threes, we we would win the conference pretty easily. So, I mean, we, we're going to live by the three. You got to start hitting them at some point. If not, it's going to be the long rest of the year. And it's just weird because, you know, you have these certain outliers of games where not only is it Tucker making shots, you can't defend, but it's, as you said, I mean, you need to make the adjustment to defend the back door better. Uh, and even hitting the shots that, yeah, I thought we got good looks as well. And there's a stat here that NBC basketball had of, NCAA three-point percentage of Valley leaders, and it's Indiana State's the second-best three-point shooting team in the country. We are 22nd with 38%, and we know we've been a good shooting team all year for the most part. And then, of course, when it and it breaks out in games like this, it sticks out you know, in, in a big way. And the fact that we're still top 22 in the country in three-point shooting is just insane. 
And then another stat here, three-point defense, whom, you know, in terms of what we allow, we're 30th in the country, top in the Valley, 64.5% in guarding that. So somehow the stats still continue to find a way to be in our favor somehow. But, uh, you know, again, in games where you just get – you get outplayed and then you, as you said, outcoached in a way as well. And Darren for sure is one of the top ones. But, again, you make the smallest adjustment and that game changes – and it doesn't even look like the even the coach disparity and, and throughout this game. It was just one minor tweak you could have done that changed it all. So, of course, we're moving on, and we're looking forward to our next matchup just because I think it's a team that we match up better because just the, the personnel and the way they play is similar. Um, so that's the main thing from this. Again, we don't expect to win at Drake now. I think we can jot down a sweep by then this season. Uh, so, no, if we were to get around the league and what else happened recently in the last game – um, obviously some good things, some more teams that are sticking out from others and some, you know, getting some big road wins. Let's talk about those. And then we'll dive into the standings and updated net and Kempom. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, we talked about the elite taking that next step and dividing themselves rest, a rest from the, the league. I mean, Belmont goes to Indiana state still without Gillespie, but 94, 64, the trees take care of business. I mean, Swope, 24 points. Uh, Kent had 19 and 7. Conwell 15. Avila 10 and 11. Julian Larry had 12. I mean, that, they just continue to um, be a buzzsaw for a lot of the league. I mean, we know they went to Drake, obviously a tough place to play and lost that game, but they continue to show um, they're one of they're they're the elite in this league. Bradley goes on the road and takes care of UIC 77 59, 26 points by Duke Dean, 22 by Connor Hickman. I mean, we'll dive in more to them later. Uh, then Missouri State goes on the road after their loss at home against Murray State, got blown out of home. They rebound and get a road win against Evansville, 74-64. Still no Hummer cows for Evansville. He was out of his boot, but still yet to play. So that's something to keep an eye on. 22-13 and 13 for NJ Benson, 18 for Austin Mason. Then that one for, for Evansville, um, probably m- maybe a potential freshman, um, all-freshman team, Joshua Hughes had – uh, 22 points in that one for the Purple Aces. And on Sunday, Valpo goes on the road and beats Illinois State 59-50. Coach Roger Powell's first win led by freshman Cooper Schweiger. Burford led the way for Illinois State with nine points. So just a very poor outing. Illinois State fans are all over Twitter, not happy. At least, at least their AD didn't have to tweet out a, a response about how poorly they played, um, then they're not happy with Coach Peden as well. Then you and I goes on the road and gets a win over Murray State, 70 to 60. Nate Heiss, 24 points. Ellington led the way for Murray State um, with 14. Then a look ahead. Tonight we have Missouri State going on the road to Terre Haute to play Indiana State. I think Missouri State may match up the best um with Indiana State, just with athleticism and the way their guards play, so it's a twelve and a half point spread. I don't, I, I could get that ugly the way Missouri State's played lately, but um, definitely wouldn't be watching them tomorrow night. Valpo at Evansville, I think Valpo could steal another one there and send Evansville down um, where where they don't belong because they're a better team than what they've been playing. Obviously, without their one of their best players, Murray State on the road at UIC, 
Drake at Illinois State, um, then Northern Iowa at Belmont on CBS Sports Network to uh, close the night. Um, so some key matchups tomorrow night, then some bottom four of the league playing against each other that we can see if they can separate themselves as well. Yeah, some interesting games. Um, you know, Belmont crushed you and I at the McLeod Center, and you and I is looking to rebound there tomorrow night. Uh, expect Drake to go in and do exactly what Valpo did on the road against Illinois State. They were saying how, you know, Drake and Illinois State going. They hosted them last year, didn't come to their place last year. Uh, a team they just played, but they only had the one game last year, so it's their first time going to Illinois State in a while. Uh, and then, yeah, Valpo, it's interesting. We haven't been doing, like, picks of, like, picking these games in pre. Uh, but it seems like Valpo riding off that win uh, could, you know, beat Evansville. As you said, Hummercast without the boot, he could play, not sure. Uh, but going back to that also game where they did beat Illinois State, you can't lose on the – you can't lose at home to this team. And even if we would have showed uncomfortable signs – at their place, you know, it's one thing if someone were to still catastrophically lose on the road, you cannot lose to that team at home. And that's why 100% Illinois State's playing like the bottom team. They're, you know, they're the bottom at all these power rankings and rightfully so. And it doesn't get easy. They're going to get smoked by Drake tomorrow. And it, it's looking bad for Illinois State right now, as we know. So there's some other interesting games. And I'm looking forward to when we get off here to watch that Missouri State. And I, Missouri State, Indiana State. And I agree. I think they match up not only with athleticism and guards, but depth as well. They could throw a lot more bodies out there. And, you know, I wouldn't imagine Missouri State not winning, but keeping it close. And it's like, that's literally how this league is. You get blown out at home, then you win on the road, and then now you're back on the road and against a, a great team, and they'll keep it within the, the spread, which, again, that's just how the Valley is. It's kind of crazy. Uh, so quickly here, looking at the standings, before this these week's games, uh, of course, Drake and Indiana State both five and one. Us, Murray, Bradley, and Belmont are four and two. You and I are the only three and three team. Missouri State, Illinois State at two and four. It's crazy how Illinois State won their first two and they're about to lose five straight. UIC, Evansville, and Valpo are all one and five. So that's where it stands with that. And quickly, Luke had a stat to where. In terms of stretch, the next four games for the following teams that have the toughest, uh, the toughest roads here coming up. Bradley, of course, at our place. There, the 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 combined record of the teams they play coming up are seventeen and seven. They're at our place, host Belmont and Murray, and then they're at Indiana State. So a tough stretch for Bradley. They'll be looking at our game like, hey, we got to take care of this because we got some tough games. And then Northern Iowa, fourteen and ten, their combined record coming up at Belmont, host us host Evansville, and then they're at Drake. So those, those, we'll see what those two teams are for sure made of, teams that are making that jump to get up towards the top half and the first four of the league as well coming in here. Uh, Noah, dive into what uh, what we are in Kimpom and Nets real quick, and then go ahead and dive also into – we've had another offer, which we were so bare with anything for a while. We've had a couple in the last you know couple weeks, and then we have a new one here, and we also just – I just – whether it was yesterday or this morning. So we had an interest in another player as well. Yeah. Uh, Ken Palm, new rankings, Indiana state moves up to 48th in the country in Ken Palm, Drake at 66, Bradley at 79, and I at 106. We are down to 109 Belmont at 134, Missouri state 145, 
Murray's at 146, UIC 176, Evansville 227. They continue to fall. Illinois State at 241. Then Valpo cracking the top 300 now at 298 with their win. So if they could get a win tomorrow night. They can uh, maybe potentially steal another one. So then looking at net really quickly, we have Indiana State at 28. Drake at 64, Bradley 72, we are at 101, UNI at 110, Belmont 126, Missouri State 143, UIC 160, uh, Murray State 161, Evansville 194, 242 for Illinois State, 288 for Valpo. Um, so starting, starting to, we still got teams in the top 100. We're still collecting those. So that's a key thing. Then, yeah, we're looking at, Obviously, some different interests and offers we've been looking at. Um, like you said, we've been bare recently just looking at different things. Um, but looking into that, if you look uh, – I thought I had it pulled up here. Hold on uh, real quick. Like we had an offer to um, – I lost it here. I think our last offer was Xavier Wilson. Uh, talked about him a little bit. Six-one guard um, from out – in Columbia, Missouri. Um, then also our latest interest, and we had him on campus visiting. Um, our latest interest was Lorenz Walters, a all-state guard, uh, some really small school or some a small school, Xavier University of Louisiana has checked in on him. Western Michigan, Sam Houston State, and Eastern Illinois. Um had checked in on that guy. He's from up north. Then Isaiah Walter took a visit, a six-seven point guard, um, a grad graduate. Are you going to a prep school up at Terra Prep up in Canada? Took a visit, so that's an interesting thing. He came out of nowhere. Has some really really small schools like NAIA schools that have offered him. Then out of nowhere, he takes a visit with us, and Coach Maman has him. So uh, not sure where to what to think about that. No, I mean, if he was, you know, looked at by other conference schools or stuff like that. And, you know, he does put up, you know, he has okay highlights. He puts up numbers. Uh, but how, again, how these guys get on the radar of our, of our staff and whether they're international or not, just the fact that I don't know how this happens. And uh, it is a Maman guy. He's in the picture there. So we'll keep an eye out for this one, but uh yeah, they have to start getting in again. They're they're in on other a lot of prep guys. So we'll see how this all transpires. There are some other talent that we like as well, but we'll add Isaiah to the list, of course. Uh, and then quickly, the Murray Road game that's coming up on the 27th is now a 1 p.m. game. It'll be tough for us to make, but uh, that'll keep one posted for that. Uh, so, no, if we were to quickly dive into the Bradley Braves, we know the personnel they've had. You know, they've lost a lot. Just speaking of Rink Mast, who's dominating for Nebraska right now, looking for those higher ups, he said, and that he is he is doing for them right now. They lost a lot of other good players, but they, of course, had a lot of good returnees and ones that we know about. And I mentioned earlier, they're a better matchup for us in the sense that they just play our same style. And whether that's a good thing or not, I guess that can be could be a bad thing because even, you know, as a team that can do it better than you, you have a Drake who's not your style. You can't take advantage of – that they don't do yours. So it's a clash of the same styles, Noah. But again, it, it's a, to me, it's a must win. Down, that's not even crazy to say, Noah, we're happy you and I on deck. And we just need to show that we're near the top with teams like Bradley and other ones that we know about. Let's dive into what 
the Braves have with this, you know, good returnees that they have and uh, go ahead and your dogs and everything else that we usually do. Yeah. I mean, it's really coach Wardle had a interesting off season with the guys he's brought in and guys he's uh, brought in and guys he lost obviously and losing to those guys. He already brought this season, two guys leaving the program, just weird things. Amarion Ellis. And uh, I honestly forget the other guy's name. He was the point guard that transferred in from Nevada, um, but it's really been like a tale of three three different seasons so far for Drake. They got off to that 6-0 and start, then Connor Hickman gets hurt, and they lose five straight, and now they're on a six-game winning streak again. So definitely getting Connor Hickman back. He's playing at a player of the year, first-team all-conference level. Um, Le- Malavai Leons is still the – gets defensive player of the year type of guy, Duke Dean scoring at a different level this year as well. Then guys like that just chip in Darius Hanna, Christian Davis, freshman, Almar Atlason, Damarian Birch, another freshman. Then their big man, uh, Ahmet Yanovich. They play about 10 minutes a game. Just a team that, like you said, it's kind of our style. I think Bradley is a one point favorite in this game. So um, not really surprising with the metrics and stuff like that. So, um, if I were to go to a dog of the game, I think um, I'm going to say it's got to be Trent Brown because it's key for outside of AJ and X, obviously, for somebody else to step up and have him to get. Last time he had a poor shooting night, he went off for 20, so maybe he does that again. Uh need another big night for him. So um, I'm going to go with Trent Brown, and I think it's definitely going to be a tough game. I think it's just another one of those where – our staff gets out coached potentially and it costs us in the end. I mean, it very well could happen again. I think it's, this isn't a Bradley team of old to where you have to worry about all oh, you're, they're going to have a big mismatch because rink mass is unbelievable. Jay Sean Henry shuts down Marcus. Like they don't have that, like, but they have the versatility. They have the length of Darius Hannah becoming what he is. Malibu is staying there. And it's a, it's a battle of the guards. Of course it's, it's Trent eggs versus Duke and Connor. And we'll see, you know, and, you know, I don't think Duke can guard X and Connor's stingy and a good defender in his own right. But I feel like it's a, and it, it's kind of like in right in a sense to where you don't really you expect them to be a pest on X, but you don't expect them to be anywhere close to shutting them down. Like this needs to be an X game. But for me, I'll go with Troy because, you know, we, we do talk a lot about Troy, but we expect, you know, a lot of good things from him. So when he's not playing what he needs to or he shoots bad shots, it's warranted to talk about. And because he's got Malibai Leones to guard in this game, whether they start Janovich to get for Clarence or they start Darius and Malibai, it's they got the length that they always have had. And this is a big rebounding game for everybody. This could be a big Scotty game, a Jarrett game matches up like size and physique wise with the other guys as well. So it's really an evenly matched game in that sense of like personnel, but in terms of the, you know, Wendell Wardle is a fantastic coach. And again, they have had those rough patches, as you've said. They've won a lot, lost a lot, and they get on these streaks. But again, they're coming into our place. And if you're going to split the teams, you know how hard it is to win in Carver Arena and in Des Moines. You can't lose home games to them because that almost certifies a loss at third place and then a sweep. So, of course, we know how massive these are. It's Mike Reese Appreciation Night. And, but as soon as we hype up and get players, you know, or get fans to one of the other these games, they don't turn out in our favor. But I don't think Bradley has a style 
a particular style to blow us out like, the, you know, a Drake because they do have guys that can put up 20, but they don't have the guys that make the shots like Tucker and score 34 points. So that's where I, I think we can we can cover this spread and win because, I again, I think this team needs a win. It's a must win with you and I on deck on the road and everything else coming up. We need to get through one of our tough stretches with at least one win in these three games, and this seems like the proper one to do it. But, again, Bradley is really well coached and they have good players and they're riding hot as they usually do. This is a game fighting for those three and four spots to fight and stay out of Thursday. It's a game to watch. And, again, it's one we match up really well with. Seven o'clock tomorrow night, ESPN+. Plus. Hopefully a lot of people show up. It's been really cold here lately. Uh, but that should not – everything's going away now for the most part. So people need to show up to this game and support this team and help, you know, let them get behind the fans to know that this is of course a home court advantage and we need to take advantage and come out with the dub. And I honestly think we do, but of course will not be easy. We'll see how the dogs, again, we talked about it a lot. We'll see if they have it in them and we'll see what they got tomorrow night. So for Nick Malone, no alerts as always dogs need this one. Go dogs.